Welcome to the Business Life and Joy podcast, where we believe that both your business and your life can be filled with joy. If you want to grow an online business without fear, self-doubt, or the need to take on a hustle around the clock mindset, you are in the right place at the right time. I'm your host, Shante Grant, creative entrepreneur, teacher, two-time online business owner, mom, wife, and friend. Thank you for being present with me for today's episode of the Business Life Enjoy podcast. Hello, friends, and welcome to today's episode of the Business Life Enjoy podcast. I am so thrilled for today's episode because it is our very first question and answer episode. Today, I am answering five questions that come from you, the listener, the listening audience of the Business Life Enjoy podcast. So for those of you who did not know, at any time, you can go to shantagrant.com forward slash ask forward slash ASK and ask me a question, whether it has to do with business, life, or anything in between. And I'd be happy to tackle that right here on the podcast for you so that everyone can benefit from your question. Because chances are, if it's a question going through your heart and mind, it may very well likely be in the hearts and mind of you, the listener, right? And so let's do this so that we can benefit everyone. So today I have five questions that I'm going to tackle. We're gonna talk a lot about mindset. We're gonna talk about steps in business And we're going to talk about a topic that I'm pretty known for talking about. And I see that a number of you are still struggling with trying to figure out how to make this work for you and your business because two of the questions surround that same topic. And so we're going to deep dive into that as well. And so I'm really excited and grateful for those of you who took the time to ask questions, to seek answers, because here's one thing I have found to be true of successful people. They ask questions good questions. They ask smart questions. They ask questions that are going to reveal things to them that help them to take the next best steps in their business and in their lives. So um, there's a Tony Robbins quote that I cannot remember, but basically he says something along the same lines that, you know, the best people, not best people, but the smartest people, most successful people ask really smart questions. And so thank you so much for those of you who submitted these questions, because I think they're really going to help a lot of those who are listening as well. So taking that step not only is going to help you with your answer, but you're also helping your fellow business friend, right? Okay, so we're going to jump right into it and start with our very first question. Um, I have five questions, as I mentioned, and so we'll start with the very first question. Our first question reads, Chante, I've seen some new shops offer their customers a discount on their next purchase. Now, since we don't do discounts, what can I do instead? I'd love for them to have an incentive to shop again or to refer me to their friends What are your thoughts on this? When you don't give discounts, how can you incentivize people to shop with you a second time? So if you are a new listener to the Business Life Enjoy podcast, you may have missed episode seven, and I highly, highly recommend that you go back and listen to that episode today if possible. And that episode is, again, episode seven, which you can find at shantegrant.com forward slash zero zero seven, and it's called How Sales Devalue Brands. And I talk a lot and I go much deeper into talking about why I have made the choice in my business as of, wow, I think this is my second full year now to no longer offer 
global discounts in my business. So that means, you know, no 10% off on your next sale, I mean, next purchase, et cetera. And it's rather controversial, but I think, I don't know if that's the best word, but basically a lot of people disagree with that. A lot of people teach the opposite of that, which is perfectly fine. But this question is clearly coming from someone who has listened to that podcast episode and wants to take on that better model and because they're thinking long-term about their business and also how they want to teach and train their customers. Because here's the thing, you teach people how to treat you in life and it works the same way with your customers. If you are someone who are always dishing out, throwing out coupon codes and discounts, you're going to find that you're always going to have people who are talking about that in your realm, in your Facebook groups, on your Instagram, in your inbox, asking when is your next sale? Do you have a discount code? What code's working right now? And so it's because you're putting that out there and those are the people you are attracting and you're converting people who may not have thought that way to think that way. So that's kind of a tangent before I've gotten to that person's question. But I, I do suggest if you have not listened to episode seven that you do, because I not only talk about my point of view and how I came to the decision about global discounting and sales and coupon codes and discounts, but I also give you numerous suggestions on ways to add value to your customer that I believe far exceed anything that a coupon code could do. Because here's one thing I've noticed, I am going to get to this question. Let's say you sell products and they're $50, right? Um, let's even say $20. At any given time, someone can find a coupon code for 20% off, right? So that's what, $4 off of a $20 product. If you just made your product $16, meaning the, the code is just there, right? That it's always, that's the lower price. If you just made it $16, right? That thing that was 20, that always had 20% off. People are going to then come to that $16 and say, hey, do you have a coupon code for that? Now they're paying the quote unquote discounted price. So it's not really about the price when people are looking for discounts. Because even if you made the discounted price the actual regular price, people would still want to know, okay, well, can you make this lower? It's whatever you're offering, that's not good enough. And you're training your customer and you're training new customers to think that way. And yes, I've heard some people say, oh, well, my margins are so high, well, even with coupon codes. You know what? Wah, wah, wah. I really don't care. I, I think that is a terrible argument, right? Because listen, you could be making more money, which then allows you to make more impact, to be able to do more giving in your business, to do bigger, better things in your business, maybe to hire more people in your business to impact other people's lives. So don't give me the, oh, my margins are so high that even with a discount, mm, that rubs me the wrong way because I think that's lazy and it's also an excuse. Yeah, I'm not sugarcoating things today, am I? But it's really, I feel really strongly about this. I am, if you choose to discount in your business, I have friends who do that, right? So I don't disown people who do that or say your business is going to fail. But what I am saying is take a stance, right? Don't teeter-totter. Don't be lukewarm. Be cold or be hot. Because the excuses to me, um, well, it's a sign of a lot of things, but I'm really getting off on a tangent. But I want to make clear kind of where I'm coming from in my response to this person. And I wanted to make clear for someone who is listening to this episode and you have not heard me talk about my stance, um, my beliefs and my practices when it comes to discounting. I want to make that clear on the front end so you can understand why this person wrote in her question quote unquote, since we don't do discounts. What she's saying by we don't do discounts is she's referring to since you've taught that that's not the best route for your business long-term, 
What can we do instead? So I'm going to read the question again because it has been a second since I read it. And then I'm going to share um, my thoughts. So here's the question again. It says, Shantae, I've seen some new shops and new businesses, right? Offer their customers a discount on their next purchase. Now, since we don't do discounts, what can I do instead? I'd love for them to have an incentive to shop again or to refer me to their friends. What are your thoughts on this? Okay. So my first thought on this is if you are not on Etsy, if you have your own website, for instance, a Shopify website, which you can easily create and build. And I have a mini course teaching you exactly how to do that very simply called Sell on Shopify. But if you have Shopify or some other platform that is e-commerce based, you can do so many things. Like one of my favorite is offer referral bonus points or referral rewards um, or reward points for purchases. You can use a rewards program where every time someone shops with you, they earn a certain amount of points, which they can then rack up those points to um, exchange the points for cash to spend on your website. It's kind of like when you go to Chuck E. Cheese, right? Um, you go, you get the tickets. At the end of the game, you take your tickets and you exchange them for a prize. It's sim- similar to that. And a lot of businesses do this, big businesses even, right? It's just a reward system where I'm rewarding you for actually coming here and shopping. I'm not rewarding you for for wanting to try my stuff. I'm not rewarding you for looking for the cheapest price. I'm rewarding you for coming and thinking that my product is what you need or want or desire. And it's what you want, you know? And then you make the choice to honor what I tell you it is worth and is actually worth more than that, right? But you honor the price I've given you. And because of that, in exchange, I'm giving you reward points. And one of the things I also do is I um, double or triple the rewards on certain days throughout the year, typically launch days and Black Friday, Cyber Monday. I'll um, double or triple reward points to really incentivize people. And really, I have found in my experience over the past year, when I look at my rewards program, which I've had in place for, I think about a year now, I see customers who are reaping way more than they would if I gave discounts, right? Because they shop so much and they accumulate their points and they place orders and they pay nothing, right? They they get their order for free. I have people who have up to, what, $150 in Boz Cash from Rewards. Some people like to kind of hoard it and spend it at one big time. And some people like to use theirs as soon as they accumulate. They have that right. The Rewards points do not expire. So that is a way that you can incentivize customers. Maybe you can say, you know, when you enter our rewards program, which they can they can start earning rewards before they even make a purchase, right? You first get, I think on my website, you get 100 points just for signing up, creating an account. And then, you know, I have, um, you get X amount of points for every dollar spent. And then they also get points on their birthdays. And so you can incentivize someone by saying, you know, you get double points on your second purchase. When you come in and make your second purchase, I'll take how many reward points you earn on that order and I'll double them because you can also go in on the back end and you can give someone points or you can spend points for them, but they can go in and spend their own points as well. And I talk about the program that I use and sell on Shopify for this, but it's really easy to use. There is a free option of it. So they do have paid tiers, but there's also a free option. Um, And I think that is one way you can incentivize people to come to your shop. But I'm going to tell you what the most important thing that you can do. The best thing you can do, when I read this question, this is actually the very first thing that came to my mind is, think about this, friends. I think if, let's, let's think about her question, right? Her question really is this, how do I make a person who makes their first purchase with me 
come back for a second time? That's really the heart of her question. And what she's noting is, I see how other people are doing that is through discounts, meaning you make an order with me and you get in your order a code for a a percentage off, right? And I'm going to tell you something. Me as a consumer, when I place an order for someone for the first time and I get things back, I have so many places that do that, that send me a code. And that code, I cannot think of a time when the only reason I've gone back and made a purchase was because I had that coupon code. Actually, zero times have I ever said, ooh, I'm going to order more because they gave me a coupon code. I usually lose the coupon code, forget I had the coupon code. But I'm going to tell you what turns me into a second, third, fourth, lifetime long customer. It's what they do, how they deliver that first time. So that is the true answer to this question, right? The best way to get people to shop with you again and to refer you is not through manipulation, through discounting. It is by being unforgettable and remarkable. The best way to get people to shop with you again and to get people to tell their friends about you, to talk about you, to rave about you, to share your stuff on their social media, to tell their cousin, to tell their sister, to tell their friends at their child's school is for you to be unforgettable and remarkable, right? Top-notch service, having systems in place in your business that keep everything running smoothly. When they place the order, they receive an email with a copy of their order. They know when they're going to receive their order, when it's going to ship, where it's going to ship from. They have an FAQ page. They feel at ease, right? The ease in which you make shopping with them, those are the things that get you the desired result. And there is no shortcut to getting there. Discounting is not how you get repeat buyers. Being remarkable, having unforgettable products, service experiences, that is what people remark about. That is what people, that's what brings people back. Think about it. Think about those brands that you love when you get their order and the packaging is gorgeous, it's neat, it's branded, it's beautiful. Someone took their time to literally customize this just for you. They didn't toss a product in a bag and shipped it off, right? You have a card, particularly one that may have a signature or some kind of handwritten note. These are the things that people remember. And it's also because they feel something when they do that. And people will always remember how you make them feel over anything you say or do, right? The things you say and the things that you did, how did that make them feel? So if you can be consistent and show up and provide excellent service, in addition to top-notch products or service or whatever it is you do or you offer, that is the answer to the question, my friend. That is how you turn a first-time buyer into a second-time, a third-time, a fourth-time, and a referral source for you absolutely free of charge, right? And that's what I want. I don't want people referring me because they feel like there's some reward for them, like a discount, right? I want you to refer me because you want to share the good experience you had with the people you love. That is what I want. Repeat buyers, come back when they have experienced something that they want to experience again. I mean, think about it. Why do you go to Disney World over and over? It's the same, right? It's still a small world, but people go back to Disney because of the experience, what they feel, what they see their children experience, right? It's that that they want to have recreated. That's why we do so many of the same things. We want to recreate those emotions, those feelings. The exact same thing works with you and your business. So the answer to this question is, you know, what is it that you need to do to incentivize people to shop with you again and to refer your friends? 
One, have a unforgettable and remarkable experience. Make sure you have systems in place, meaning there's something on your website that tells people all the questions that they need to know. Two, make sure that when you ship their product, they are aware of that. They get a notice. When they place an order, they get a notification of what they ordered. Number four, make sure that when they receive what they ordered, they get what they ordered, right? And if there is ever a problem, you rectify it quickly and kindly and apologetically. And note that if you're sending a physical thing out, make sure you package that with, you know, think of it as a gift, like you're sending someone a gift. What can you do to be, I mean, I can't stop saying unforgettable and remarkable because I think those are the two words that truly create your loyal league. So those are the things that you do to create repeat buyers. And there are other things you can do like create community that has worked really well for me. But that's the first answer that comes to my mind. And so here's another thing about this question that is really a mindset thing that I want um, you to hear out there. Friends, Notice how in her question, when she thought of creating repeat buyers, her first thought was discounting. That's what everyone else is doing, right? We cannot think of discounting as a form of value. That cannot be how you think in your business. Even if you do do discounting, that cannot be your crutch. That cannot be your go-to. That cannot be your bread and butter to ensure that you still exist as a business. Because if the only reason you still exist as a business is because of your coupon codes, friends, oh, friends, that's not going to last long, right? It's not going to be long lasting. It's not going to be sustainable. And it's not going to grow, right? You're not giving yourself somewhere to grow. And you're really training a type of customer that you're going to really, in the end, not like, right? Not enjoy. So there's that. So rather than having your mind go immediately to, what can I take away from myself to attract people? Think about it this way. What can I add to the other person? That's the mindset shift. Not what can I take away from myself and my business, but what can I add to the people who are my customers? Because that's how we always should be thinking. We should never be thinking in a subtraction mentality and mindset, but in an addition. What can I do to add to my customer experience, to my customer, to the value, to the experience they have? Because when you're in a discount mindset, you are in a takeaway subtraction mindset. And that's not strong and stable. And you can do discounting and not have this mindset. So let me be clear. But if you are someone who does that, you need to be thinking more so, how can I consistently add value? Because you're going to probably have to raise your prices over time, um, particularly if you're interested in doing wholesale and particularly if you're planning on growing your business. If you want to bring on more people, bring on a team, if you want to have more impact in this world, a lot of that takes money, right? So just those are things to think about. And so that one question really spoke to me because I feel like so many people continue to think in this takeaway subtraction mindset. What can I take away from myself so that I can make more as opposed to how can I add to my customer experience in order to make more, right? So I hope that answered your question. I'm going to also directly contact the person who answered, who asked that question. And I thought it was a very good question. I really, really appreciate it. And so I had another question that is um, in that same vein. So I figured why not tackle them right after one after the other? The rest of the questions are not talking about this topic. So just to let you know, I don't want you guys to think all five questions relate to this. But this next question is as follows. Shantae, 
I've listened to your stance on not offering discounts and having frequent sales and wonder how is that sustainable when small businesses have to remain competitive? Sales attract buyers and grabs their attention faster than anything else does. Is it okay to at least offer a first-time customer a discount? Where is the best place to offer a discount? I thought this was an excellent, excellent question as well. And again, also listen to the wording here. It says, sales attract buyers and grabs their attention faster than anything else does. I can understand how that could be a perception, but I believe that is merely a perception and one that is not accurate. Now, yes, sales attract some types of buyers and grab some types of buyers' attention faster than others, but those tend to be people who are looking for the best deal. Not necessarily saying I'm looking to, you know, if they need a one-time quick thing or if, you know, when I'm thinking about washing machines or, you know, something, and even then with washing machines, you still want to get a certain type. But I really don't think that's how most buyers think. And let me say this. It's not how my audience, the audience that I'm hoping to attract and attempting to attract every day in both of my businesses, I'm not trying to attract people who think that way. Let me just say that. And I don't think you are either, unless you are trying to be the next Walmart, which I don't think anyone who's listening to this podcast is, right? If you're not trying to be the next Dollar General or Walmart, you're not looking for people who are only looking for, how can I give you the least in order for me and me get the most, right? Takeaway, takers, right? So that's kind of one of the first thoughts that I had when I read this question is just, again, that mindset, thinking that sales is what attract buyers. And I wonder what makes you think that? What is it? Is that how you are as a buyer or um, as a consumer? Or is that kind of your idea? You feel like you see businesses that have sales, they appear, appear to be thriving, which you don't know if they're taking out loans on the back end because their, their numbers, you know, their discounting is eating away at them that they're, you know, really robbing Peter to pay Paul type thing. So my first thought is, if you have not looked at the deep numbers of another business, you 100% have no idea how they're doing. Because Instagram is not an indication of how well or how poorly a business is doing. Facebook is not their Facebook group. Their numbers are not an indication of the financial health of a business. So please don't believe that because you see a business that has sales, has lots of followers, appears to be thriving, that that means it is in fact thriving. And it may not be thriving the way you want to thrive. If you have a philosophy that you want to own a debt-free business, but that the companies you are idolizing are existing on debt, then you're you're not looking at the right model, right? That's like, I want to, I don't know, I have to think of a quick analogy. I like analogies. You know, I'm trying my best to be, I can't think of a quick analogy. I'm trying my best to be a runner, right? I want to learn how to run faster, but I'm looking at someone who swims and trying to take on their diet and their plan. You know, those are two different things, right? So first of all, I want to say, where are you getting your information? Basically, where are you doing your fact, quote unquote, your quote unquote fact finding? Because I think if we all take a step back and really ask ourselves, why is it that I believe this to be true? you'll find that you can't find hard facts and numbers to support the assumption that having sales brings in more sales, right? Having discounts bring in more discount or makes your business more successful. 
One business that I just think that just came to mind, for instance, is Letterfolk. Letterfolk creates these custom, um, not custom, but these old time letter boards. I imagine almost everyone listening knows who Letterfolk is. And one thing that I like about their business is their letter boards are expensive. You know, that's subjective, right? In my opinion. However, if I ever bought a letter board, it would be from them. Although they have, there are so many people now on Amazon, even in Target, so many knockoffs of what letter folk has brought back. Now it's kind of an old concept. If you have ever been in like an 80s work building or church in the 80s, they all had those letter boards, right? So they didn't create something new. They just recreated it in a way that made it, gave people more ideas of how to bring it into the now. And people saw how popular it was and they created it at half the price, right? But the reason I, as a consumer, would purchase from Letterfolk is because I feel like they are the per- they are the company that brought that back. And I respect that despite the fact that there are people selling identical things to theirs, they hold true to their prices and they know their worth. And I know they do a Black Friday like limited sale, but I don't I can't think of another time where I see them constantly having sales trying to compete with the people who are selling their, you know, $55 board for $15 on Amazon. And it's because that I think they're thinking long-term about their business and they they believe in what they do. They believe in the fact that what we have created here is more than just this product, which it is. Look at the movement. Look at their followers. Look at how people are using their product. Almost all of their pictures on Instagram are custom from customers, right? Who want to be repinned or re-Instagrammed um, by letter folks. So they have created an experience, right? Something around their brand. So again, it goes beyond the product because if all I cared about was wanting a letter board, I could go to Amazon today and have one for a couple dollars as opposed to spending like 200 and something dollars on their larger boards, Right. But me as a consumer, just because when I buy, I buy also with the mindset of a business owner, I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to go to Amazon and get the knockoff. Um, and as much as I love Target, I can't do that there either. And I really respect Letterfolk and the owners of as far as how they have made those choices in their business. And you can see that. And it's also why they are doing so well. I'm sure year after year, they're doing better and better because they are thinking long-term and they know that what they're offering is more than just this product because someone else also is offering the product for less. But when you know what you have to offer is more than just this product, but the experience, everything wrapped around your brand, you can stand firm and far more confident in saying, these are the prices. This is what it is. There is someone out there who is willing to pay this for the, in exchange for this. Because here's all the value. And I've talked about this in a number of episodes. The key in the episode on how to raise prices. Let me find out what number that is for you all. That's another one for you to listen to. I talk about the fact of the matter is what you're doing is you're adding so much value that when people look at all the things that come with being a part of your brand and your business, that is more than the price tag on your product. That is episode number 21. So you can listen to The Secrets to Raising Prices in a way that keeps your customers coming back for more by going to shantegrant.com forward slash 21, episode 21. And so to get back to the question, which the heart of this question is, 
Is it okay to offer a first-time customer a discount? And where is the best place to offer a discount? I guess they're saying, and if not a first-time customer, when is the best time to give someone a discount? So um, this is almost like asking Dave Ramsey, when is it okay to go into debt? <laughs> um, so my first answer is, but I'm also realistic because I realize there are many people who are listening to this and I don't want people who offer sales and discounts to feel as though this isn't a place for them to come and learn So my answer is, is it okay to offer a first-time customer discount? My answer is no. That's actually, I think, the worst time to offer a customer discount. I'm going to tell you why. And I also will say this. I'm going to give you this caveat. When I am looking to buy, you know, Zoe's mini Melissa shoes, which are like, you know, $50, $60, $70 shoes, I go to, I check out Saks, I check out you know, Nordstrom. I look everywhere to see who has a lower price, right? I look to see who has 15% off that day or anything. When I am shopping at big box companies, I am looking for that. I'm looking for that sign up for our email. Let's get 15% off. So let me just put that out there, right? I'm looking for that because I am shopping from a big box company and I'm buying something that I know is so marked up. I want that discount. But when I am shopping at a business that started in someone's garage and at their kitchen table, and now they've grown or still are there or have grown into a warehouse, I am not looking for that. Now, if they happen to have that, I will use it. But I am looking, like I said, like with Letterfolk, I am looking to support a company and a family. And I try to do that more and more and more. With everything I buy, I try to first say, is there a small business that's selling that thing, right? Even if it means I have to pay more, as long as it's quality, I'm willing to do that and just buy less. And so I think the worst time to offer a discount is to a first-time customer because that's the very first conversation you're having, right? I'm coming to your website and the very first thing you tell me is, hey, I can give you that for cheaper. And here's the thing. If I can give it to you for cheaper, that means I probably can always give it to you for cheaper. If I'm willing to take this 20%, this $10, this $5, this 10%, this 15% hit now, why can't I take it all the time? I'm still making money, supposedly, you know, at 10%, 15%, 20% off. And so that's the first conversation. And then if I want to buy more, I'm thinking, well man, I only paid X for it the first time. I don't want to spend more this time. Let me create a new email address and get another first-time customer discount. Manipulation, right? And I talk a little bit about that in, in Simon Sinek's Start With Why, where he talks about the difference between you know manipulating a customer and I think it was inspiring a customer. Manipulation and inspiration. And that's just manipulation, right? Because people will find a way to to fix the system, to get that first-time discount over and over again. And they're not thinking then about the value that you have. And think about it. What are they saving? $4, $2, and larger things, $10, $20. Does that really, really make a difference? Does it really make a difference to that person? To some people, yes, it does, right? But to the people you're probably trying to cater to, that extra two, four, six, eight dollars they could have easily spent and you probably will find that they would have spent more in the long run. That has just been my experience from observing, from talking to other people and looking at other businesses and their numbers, having the privilege to be able to look into other businesses and look at their numbers and see the difference in clients when they offered discounts and when they didn't, how quarters drastically changed from when they had low prices and then they tripled them and how their numbers grow. So this isn't like a hypothesis that I just decided to come up with for fun. This is based off seeing what has happened in my business and the businesses of others who I've been able to have a peek into their back door. So I don't say these things lightly because I 
I wouldn't give you advice that I think could harm you clearly, right? So I also want to be clear about that. So that's why I think giving um, a first-time customer a discount is actually the worst because it's the very first conversation. It's kind of like the person who gives the cow away on the first date, as they say, right? It just changes everything, right? It just changes the conversation. There's just like, here you go, putting it all out there first time. You didn't even ask for it, you know, and here I'm giving it to you, right? That's another thing. Usually with these, it's like the first thing that you say to grab their attention and you never get a second chance to make a first impression. So I'll just say that. So is it okay to at least offer first time customer a discount? My answer is if you are my client, I would say no, but how can we do some other things? Um, And that go back to the episode um, seven. And then it says, where is the best place to offer a discount? Again, my answer to that is nowhere or never. Instead, what you could do is offer rewards. It's this well, it's the same concept, but I think rewards are better. And I think the customer ends up coming out better with the rewards because you're actually rewarding someone who's actually done something, um, make purchases from you, engaging with you. But I tried to think about this and I said, is there a place where I would offer a discount? And no, um, no, I guess if you have, I know some brands will offer photographers discounts if they're going to take and give shots. And I think if that's their form of payment, I'm okay with that because what they give you is actually worth way more than that discount you would give them. And really some people just give product for free and in exchange for beautiful imagery, I think that is, I mean, it's priceless. The right image, um, beautiful imagery of your products is, is, is near priceless. So if that's a place where I can count it, that's not technically a customer. So to answer your question, I hope that does answer your questions. My first answer to your question is to go back and ask yourself why you think sales attract buyers and grabs their attention faster than anything else does. That's a part of your question. Go back and ask yourself, what facts are you basing that on? My next answer to your question is, I think of all the places to offer a discount, doing it for a first-time customer is the worst place. And I explained that as well. And I go into that as well in episode seven. And You also ask, how is it sustainable with small businesses that have to remain competitive? I just gave you an example with Letterfolk and how they've grown and their products are high priced. I also have an episode on how to grow a sustainable business when you sell a low price product. And that is episode um, 20 that you can listen to at shantagrant.com forward slash two zero. And that again, that episode is how to grow a profitable business when your products are at a low price point, which is exactly what I do. My products are at a low price point. They now range from 13 to 25, I think, $26. And I consider that low price point. And so that episode would also, I think you'll find a lot of value and guidance in that episode as well. So those are the first two questions. I'm going to move on to the next three. And I think my answers for the next three will be shorter because they don't need as much prefacing. But I wanted to lump those two together since they were so similar. Hey, friend, it's me, Shantae, coming right in the middle of our conversation in this podcast episode. But it's with good news. I have a question for you. Have you ever found yourself at the end of the day or the week or the end of the month with little to no results to show for it, despite the fact that you were so quote unquote 
busy the entire time? Well, guess what, my friend? You're not alone. And most importantly, this does not have to be your story. I want to tell you and introduce you to my brand new training called Peace, Pace, Progress. It teaches you how to get work done that matters, how to go from big picture goals all the way down to the day-to-day activities, and how to get specific and leave the generic and general out of your plans, and so much more. Are you tired of filling notebooks with ideas that never happen? Well, let Peace Pace Progress help you sort through those ideas and teach you which ideas to prioritize and which to trash so that you can begin to see tangible, measurable results in your business. So my friend, what are you waiting for? It's time to put an end to no longer having a system that works. No more working on several things at once and not accomplishing anything that makes your business money. Don't go another day wasting your precious time. So today is the day for peace, pace, and progress in your business. Find out why Dion says, so I just finished Shantae's Peace Pace Progress course and it is everything. From the very beginning of the course, everything resonated. I was definitely team too much. I was grinding for hours on end and into the wee hours of the morning. And now after Peace Pace Progress, when I look back, very little of what I was doing really accomplished anything to move my business forward. Now I know exactly how to do that. Stephanie says, I finished Peace Pace Progress and loved it. I've always felt a lot of anxiety about feeling like I should be doing so much to get things accomplished, but it was hard to get that broken down into specific steps and timelines for some reason. But now, thanks to Peace Pace Progress, I've got my weekly and daily workflows filled out and I know exactly what I should be doing. So are you ready to get things done, make the most of your time, and get more done in less time? If so, head on over to peacepaceprogress.com to learn more, my friend. I'll see you there. Question number three. In 2018, I want to do pop-ups in holiday markets. I'm a super introvert, although I work with people on a daily basis. It's exhausting. I find the idea of myself standing at a table as people shop and browse kind of awkward. How can I not be awkward? <laughs> okay, so this person's question is about she feels that she's a super introvert and the idea she wants to do pop-up shops and markets, but she wants to know how do I do that as an introvert and not be awkward. So the first thing I want to share with you guys, I don't even know if you know this, but I am in fact an introvert. And I think for a lot of people who don't know me personally, who only know me via social media and the podcast, they're very surprised to learn that information because I appear to be an extrovert because when you are seeing me, I'm in my element. I'm talking about business. I'm talking about life. I'm talking about things that matter to me. And I'm a very joyful and happy person. So I have dance parties. I, you know, but I like being in the comfort of my own home in my office. I don't love being in large groups all the time unless it is a group that is, you know, particularly catered around a topic that I love again, which is when I am out in groups, it's with groups of friends or it's business groups, um, it's groups of moms, because again, those are my circles. So it is very much so possible to be introverted and to um, be outward out in your business and have your face for it in your business, if that's a choice you want, right? And if those of you remember Courtney Foster Donahue from the episode earlier in last year, we talked about Facebook everything. I mean, she 
is Miss Facebook as far as I'm concerned. And that was episode 11. She too is a deep introvert. And after her Facebook lives and sometimes her webinars, if she's on too long, she just goes in a room and gets in the bed, right? Because that was just so much time, you know, being in a group, even though it's her in front of her computer talking to people. So the first point is I want to make clear that it is definitely possible to be super introverted and still be a successful business person. I'd be interested to see how many really successful entrepreneurs are actually introverts. So that's number one. And so here's some notes that I wrote down in thinking about this answer. I said that business owners, business doesn't require that the owner be an extrovert, but here's what it does require. It does require that you love what you do and you love the people that you do what you do for. That is the key. If those two things are true, You function as an introvert, right? But you still enjoy being around people who you serve. It's almost like saying, you know, I don't really like children, so how will I enjoy being around my own? Because to be honest, I, you know, I was asked like to do like the children's school and I just wouldn't be the best person. That's not where my gifts are is to lead a small group of small children. It's just not for me. I know my personality. I know it wouldn't work, Right but I could be around my own children. You know, that's completely different because I have a love for them that's different. So, and I was gonna, and I wrote, you know, chances are you have a love for your own children. And that's really a similar analogy to your audience. So for my introverts out there, here's what I want you to focus on when you find yourself um, in front of a camera or in a group or at pop-up shops or anywhere where you're, you're feeling this is outside of your comfort zone. Remind yourself, I love what I do and I love the people I do it for. And that is what is fueling me to be present right now with them, to share something with them about what I'm doing in my business, to show up at these pop-up shops. That's what helps you to do that. It's that love you have for what you're doing in that moment. And then you can go home afterwards and, you know, hide under a blanket for an hour because you had so much interaction, right? But the key is to know that you don't have to jump on tables or have a dance party to be a successful business owner, right? You can enjoy getting to know your customers and introduce your products to the people you've created them for. Like I mentioned, I'm an introvert, but you probably can't tell or notice because I'm doing something that I love for people that I love. You right now who are listening, thinking about you excites me literally every single day that I get up and come into this office. I think about you. I think about my boss lovers. And that for me is enough to fuel my fire 99% of the time, right? So I'm an introvert, but I show up. I still show up. And it's because I enjoy the people I serve and doing the work that I do for them energizes me. And here's another thing. If pop-ups, if you try that and it doesn't work for you, you could always hire good people on your team. They have to be good and really inject it with your brand so that they can show up and represent your brand accurately. But that's something that you could also ultimately outsource I like to be the face of Because of Zoe, even if Because of Zoe grows. I mean, I think about Freshly Picked, another brand, Susan Peterson, despite you know the fact that Freshly Picked is a million-dollar business and it just has grown so much in popularity and has celebrities wearing their products, despite that, she continues to be the face. She shows up in her Facebook groups. She shows up on Instagram and Insta stories. And Sarah Blakely, you know, who I love, the founder of Spanx, she shows up. 
I would love to be that way too, just because I'm so excited about what I've created. But that doesn't have to be everybody's story, right? You may find that something that you need to outsource to someone else. And there's no right or wrong there um, in which choice you make. You just have to make the one that's best for your long-term vision of your business. But to answer your question, I think how you tap in that and how you avoid that awkward feeling, this is another thing I've thought about. When I speak at events, I tell myself, if I'm worried about how I feel, then that means I'm spending too much time looking at myself. I shouldn't be so occupied with how I feel that I don't think, you know what? I'm not coming out here to speak for me. I know the things I'm about to say. I'm showing up for the people, right? And so if you take your energy and your eyes off of thinking about how you feel, like I'm going to feel awkward, and think about what you're really here for, all those people out there, you'll find that your eyes go to where it matters most, right? If I stop thinking about how I'm going to feel and I say, but you know what? When I get out there and I start sharing my story and I say these things, yeah, I'm going to be nervous. Yeah, I'm going to be sweaty. But something I say today is going to inspire someone, encourage someone, maybe change someone's life, plant a seed. That exceeds however I may feel, how nervous I may be. Because even though I love standing up and speaking in large groups, I really do. Not one time have I ever got up to do it where my heart isn't like, right? But it's not about me. It's about the people who I'm here to share with. And so I think that's another thing you can do. So one is focus on the love you have for what you do and the people you do it for. The second is rather than thinking about, I'm going to be awkward, I'm going to be awkward, take your eyes off you, right? For a second and say, I'm going to show up for these people. I have to tell them about what I have because it's so good. They're going to love it. And let me focus on them. And then you can come back and crawl in your shell afterward. So that's my answer. And I hope that helps. And I'd really be interested to hear who are my introverted business owners out there. So if you're an introvert, I would love you to come over on Instagram and tag me um, on your profile. I want to look at you. I want to see who you are and say, hey, I'm a fellow introvert because I would love to hear from you. So our fourth question is... Shantae, how do you keep your mindset positive and stay strong every day? This is a really good question. And again, looking at the wording, first she asked, how do I keep my mindset positive and strong every day? I didn't write notes to this answer because I really wanted to kind of just answer it right off my mind. And honestly, well, everything I'm saying is honest, but like kind of right from my mind. Um, And there are a number of things that I do that help me to stay positive. And I guess to use your word strong, which I think strong probably comes off as more confident. And one of them is that I talk about, actually a lot of these things I talk about a lot of the time is recognizing that truth, you know, for me and for you, what is true is positive most of the time, right? And the things that aren't, But first, you have to make sure you're looking at what is true and not something that is false, someone else's false perception, your own fears. But when you really look at truth, what is true in your life, it's positive 99% of the time. And then in the areas where it's not positive, I think about what could be. And then I think about my power to change, how I single-handedly have the power to change circumstances, situations, myself, you know, inadequacies or fears or doubts or shortcomings in myself, I have that power to change with a single inhale or a single exhale, right? And so remembering that 
it's kind of just become a part of my DNA. But for some people, it takes being very intentional to to do that and to get there. But remembering that if you just really, one thing I've started doing this year and just recently, this year is not, you know, not even like a month in yet, but is every morning or almost every morning I come into my office and sometimes I do this even before prayer and I just write what I'm feeling that day because I don't want to take any baggage that I happen to bring over from yesterday into today. And then I end with what I'm grateful for because there is always something always something to give thanks for. And doing that helps me so much because it helps me to dump and then feel. Dump, you know, and sometimes how I feel is good stuff, right? So it's not also always negative or always, you know, I'm thinking about this or I need to stop worrying about this. But writing out how I feel has put it somewhere, right? And that means it doesn't have to be in my head anymore. And then filling me up is just the things I have to be grateful for, which are so many things. I am an optimist by, I guess, nature. I tend to see the better side of things, which I think helps me to be a help and encouragement to other people in their businesses and in their lives. I find that really, but I think the whole answer boils down to the first thing I said, I focus on what is true. And what is true is that I can do the things that I know I have been created to do. I can help other people I can live a life that I love and am proud of. I can live a life of joy. My child is healthy. My family is well. My child is healthy. I mean, I can really just stop there every day. I am healthy. We have everything that we need because our needs, all of our needs are so basic. Most of us who are, um, who do enjoy the privilege of health, our needs are so basic, you know, our needs are met. I am content in where I am, yet hopeful for the things that I do want to see change and improve and be better. And coming from that place just allows me to take on every day with a positive mindset, a positive perspective. And when I don't find myself there, because it's so unlike me and foreign for me, I can acknowledge it quickly and I pause. No matter where I am, what's going on, I have to pause because I don't like feeling negativity. I don't like feeling, yeah, anything that's not positive. So for me, um, acknowledging that, I have to stop back and say, okay, what's going on here? Why am I feeling this way? And what fear or what untruth is is causing this? What, you know, I think the, and I talk about this in episode six of the podcast where I talk about fear, doubt, and procrastination. And I think you should go back and listen to that episode as well, where I address fear and self-doubt in more detail. But I think that if we all took a little bit more time for self-reflection, we'd find a lot of false assumptions about ourselves, about other people, about circumstances, about situations. And if we just spoke truth, sought out the truth, you would find that positive mindset. I'm not sugarcoating or I'm not dismissing people who are going through really serious things like abuse and severe loss. Those things are real. And I think you need to deal with those things. But I'm talking to the typical person who is going through the typical cares of life, not the deep, deep downs of life, right? And I'm happy to address in another episode, how do you deal with those deep downs? But for the most part, most of you who are listening, if you just really sought out the truth, take time every day 
to sit with yourself and ask yourself, okay, how am I feeling today? And the way and any of those feelings are feelings that are negative or how I don't want to feel. Why am I feeling that way? What external things are causing this and what internal things are causing this? And if you don't have the time to sit and do that with yourself, then really like, what are you doing with your time? Because that's a, that's a priority, right? So for me, making that time, more time in the mornings to have to myself to do a little bit more deep dive in my own self, it has helped me. And so that's how I find positivity and that's how I stay strong and confident every day. I believe in myself. I am resilient. Um, and in the times when I don't believe in myself, I pause and I go back and I reflect. I've started a winnings journal, like where I kind of write down my wins and their little things and big things and life and business. And I just go back and reflect on those things. And I remind myself, look at where you are today. Never in a million years would I have said in 2018, I would be a business owner owning two businesses, having three speaking engagements booked for the year. No, I was supposed to be an attorney or a judge or eventually a law school teacher. Look at where I have come. I am resilient. I can do whatever it is I set my mind to. I fully believe that. And another thing, and for the person who asked this question, if this helps you, um, I'm also a believer in Jesus Christ. And that is kind of the core of everything and who I am. And that's where my confidence comes from. My confidence is in Him and knowing that I really have one consistent, non-changing, solid rock to stand on. And if I have that, you can't see me, I'm kind of putting my hands up like, but what, what is there? Like, I have every reason to be confident. I have every reason to be strong. I have every reason to be positive and I have no reasons to be the opposite of any of those things. So that's what works for me. And if you'd like to follow up with more questions about you specifically, I'd love to hear from you. But that is my answer to your question for the first part. And the second is, how do you, you struggle with keeping the momentum because of self-doubt and fear? And I invite you to go back again to listen to the episode, episode six, shantagrant.com forward slash 006, where I talk about those two specific things. But I will say this, fear is a liar. When you let fear come into your life, it's literally like letting someone walk up to you and put poison in your hands and you drink it it's not going to do you any good, right? If I literally came up to you and gave you poison, you would not drink it. It is the exact same thing with fear. Someone's giving you a ticking time bomb and you stand there holding it, watching the numbers get closer and closer to zero and exploding. So flee from fear just like you would from that ticking time bomb and as quick as you would throw the poison away. That's how I want you to treat fear, okay? And the antidote for fear is truth. Again, we're going back to that truth. Go back to the episode because I, I don't want to repeat what I spent an entire episode talking about, but that will answer that part of your question. And when it comes to self-doubt, self-doubt is also a liar, but self-doubt usually means you're looking at someone else and you're thinking, I can't do it like that person or I'm not where that person is. So I always say, I find that the source of self-doubt is coming in from that comparison monster. And so that's the source that we need to go in and rectify and fix and realize that you are uniquely made and there are things that only you can do, only you have to offer this world. And until you can embrace that and accept that about yourself, it's going to be very challenging for you to fight with that self-doubt. We all have it, but some of us can acknowledge it, say, you know, mm -mm, no, ma'am, here, in fact, here's in fact what I can do. Here's who I am. Take our eyes back and put them on our own paper and move on. And some people choose to dwell in it. And I invite you not to stew and dwell in it. 
So again, go back to episode six, shuntegrant.com forward slash zero zero six. The only reason I'm not going to just repeat everything is because I talked about those specific two things in episode six. And I hope that you find great help with that. And friends, that was question four. Because we have almost hit an hour, I am going to stop there and I'm going to save question five for our next Q&A episode. So there you have it. Remember, if you have a question that you would like for me to answer here on the podcast, you can do so by going to shantegrant.com forward slash A-S-K. Until then, my friends, I will talk with you next week on a new episode of the podcast and come on over to Instagram at Shante Grant and tell me what is it that you do while you listen to the podcast each week. I'd love to hear from you. And again, I'm at Shante Grant on Instagram. Are you ready to build your e-commerce website with confidence? Allow me to introduce you to Sell on Shopify, my training that will teach you how to build a website on Shopify in as little as one to two days. Listen, your website is the employee that never takes a day off. Your online store works for you 24-7 as a representation of your business and your brand. So why not build a website that gives you options and opportunity? Sell on Shopify will teach you how to confidently build your Shopify website. With a detailed walk through the back end of Shopify and a step-by-step guide on how to build your website without ever using code, this training will help you finally get moving in the direction you've been trying for so long. And you can get started today. You don't have to go another day trying to create your own space on the World Wide Web. I've taken the guesswork out of setting up your own Shopify site. Sell on Shopify will teach you how to create the essentials. I'll walk you through how to choose and set up your website theme, create your homepage, products page, blog page, contact page, and any additional pages you may want. I also show you how to create invoices for your customers right within Shopify. Learn logistics, how to make your site easy to navigate, how to utilize Shopify reports, how to confidently create your website, my shortcuts, tips and tricks, and so much more. Did I mention the bonuses? Yep, I'm including a free downloadable worksheet with tips to help you transition from Etsy to Shopify, a tutorial walking you through how to set up your Facebook pixels, which is a must, and I'm giving you my go-to resources, all for free, along with sale on Shopify. So are you ready to get started? you know it's time to build a website for your brand. A website that gives you the opportunity to grow your business, have creative control over the look of your website, and allows you to sell more without loads of fees. Why sit around trying to figure it out on your own when I can help you to push past roadblocks so that you can get your products into the hands of your customers? Start your Shopify site right now with Sell on Shopify. You can get started today by going to sellonshopify.com and find out why Jacqueline said Sell on Shopify made her feel like Wonder Woman. Jacqueline says, the only words besides thank you, well done, exactly what I needed is why didn't I ask for this six months ago? This course was easy to follow, easy to follow, so easy to follow. And did I mention it was easy to follow? It's a total boost in confidence that I needed. I actually understood and accomplished a task. I created my Shopify website. Thank you, Shantae, for sale on Shopify. Now, my friend, it's your turn. Are you ready to build a Shopify site that keeps your customers coming back for more? Remember, your website is the employee that never takes a day off. Get started on your Shopify website by going to sellonshopify.com. I'll see you on the inside. I hope that wherever you are and whatever you are doing, that the sound of my voice finds you in the midst of pursuing something that has sincere meaning to you. 
You can find a brand new episode of the Business Life Enjoy podcast each and every Monday morning waiting just for you at shantegrant.com forward slash podcast. And remember, the very best way to say thank you for the podcast is by sharing the content with a friend. Until next time, my friend, may your business and your life be filled with joy. Bye for now. Thank you.